Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast for the Vineyard Church in Brenham, Texas. My name is Joel Knox, and I'm the senior pastor here. If you haven't already, you can check out our media archive on our website, vineyardbrenham.org, or go to our Facebook page at Vineyard Brenham for more media or information about our church. We're so glad you joined us, and here's this week's message. Wasn't that helpful information? <laughs> well, I, well I, I guess you know school started up last week, right? And it, th- this is all part of kind of getting things back to normal. We've been talking about that now for, for almost six months, trying to get things back to normal. We, we, we've had enough of the new normal. We're ready to get back to normal. But this year... There's nothing normal about it. Yeah. I mean, you guys just started back to school this week. Is it like what you left? Not really. <laughs> Face masks, hand sanitizer, and do y'all have those plastic dividers up in... in well, th- there's, there's actually... I, I've, I've seen some schools that actually have the, 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 these divider things. And even like in front of the teacher's desk, there's plexiglass between their desk, and the students, you know. And on top of all of this, teachers are having to learn how to do distance learning. Now, here in the church, we had to learn how to do distance learning. We had to do church online, and and it was a learning process. I think, you know, everybody that was part of that would agree that, yeah, that, that's it's, it's not easy to learn this stuff. Well, then, on top of all that, there are parents who are teaching their kids at home this year. They decided, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't want to send my kid off to school, so I'm going to do it myself. How many of you would say, God bless them? It's certainly not easy. And don't forget this little fact. And I, I think these guys over here would, would agree with me. You guys have been on the longest spring break ever. Not to say that it was fun, but it's the longest spring break ever. Who wants to go back to school now? Nobody. Well, maybe, because, you know, they miss their friends. Certainly the little kids, you know, it's like, I, I miss my friends. Well, the idea of studying again is met with mixed emotions, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I don't mind going back maybe to see my friends, but to study... Well, I'm continuing my series, Practicing Spiritual Formation. And so far, I've talked about the three inward disciplines. This will be the fourth one today. But uh, these these, uh, disciplines of meditation, prayer, and fasting. Now, I'm curious. Last week, we didn't have many takers. But how many have... Has anybody tried to practice any of these these disciplines, these practices of spiritual formation. Anybody tried it? Okay. Would anybody like to talk about the experience? Did Did anybody try meditation, first of all? What was that like? Anybody? 
that was Bevan, and she was saying it was hard to get herself to slow down and, and to, get, to get still because she's always on the go. How many of you would say that? Yeah, meditation, it, it, it's, it's hard because you've got you've to, because it, it's, you just don't sit down and, and start meditating. You actually have to prepare yourself ahead of time, you know, and you, you still yourself. And then, then once you get settled in your comfortable chair or wherever it is that you decide that you want to do it, you, then you can relax and then begin the process of, of calming yourself to meditate. Okay, how about prayer? How many of you have tried, tried to pray Maybe, maybe a little bit differently than you've prayed in the past. Did you? I have a prayer partner, and we pray together at least four times a week in the morning around 9, 30, 10 o'clock. And that has been exciting. That's really cool. It, and and that, that's one of the things, if you want to stay on track, is, is to get you a, a partner to do these things so that, that you, can, you can stay on track, you know? And, and it, it's all part of, of creating a, a new habit. Okay? Did anyone... Okay, oh, Vern, Vern has had, raised his hand. But I practice prayer without ceasing. And I used to think that was with your eyes shut, sitting somewhere, how can you pray without ceasing? In other words, without stopping. But you can pray in every situation you're in, eyes shut or closed, driving or not, eating or not. So I've practiced a lot of different ways to pray it's not the length of your prayer, it's the sincerity and the heart of your prayer that matters to the Lord, not words necessarily. That's right. That's absolutely right. God honors the heart. And I heard somebody say, you know, when I was in college, they said, you know, pray even if you fall asleep. Well, it, it, that kind of defeats the purpose, but, but God still honors the heart, you know, and if, you're, if you decide, yeah, Lord, I'm going to seek you, I'm going to pray, and you get yourself in position and you fall asleep, you know, God will give you a break. He, he's, he's good like that. So, all right, did anyone practice fasting? Fasting's a hard one. I mean, it, it, it's, 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 it's difficult. I mean... You know, and I, I've been doing the intermittent fasting stuff, and so um, I, I'm not kidding you. Every time, it's like, okay, th- today is my day that I'm, and 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 I'll, I'm actually not going to eat today, and, I, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pray when I get hungry. Every time I turn around, somebody somebody at the office has got you know some pastries or something. Somebody's having a birthday. They got a cake. You know, and it, it always bringing stuff out, or you know, go out to a work site and somebody offers you a bag of, of Cheetos that they're eating, and you know, like, you know, you want some? Uh, it, it's it's really hard. It, you know, it, the impulse is is really hard to overcome, and and so that's that's the whole part of of the discipline, and and it's that's why we're we're talking about spiritual formation because it does involve discipline. 
Now, before I, I get too far into this, I also want to make a disclaimer. And this was something that was pointed out last week, and, it, and it's absolutely right. Spiritual formation, yes. this, this, this practice of, of allowing God to work in us, to make us like Him, these exercises are for those who've made the decision to follow Christ. If, you, if you're on the fence, you haven't decided to follow Jesus, and you decide you want to do this stuff, it's going to be even harder because it doesn't really have the value that it's intended for for the, the person who has made the decision, I'm following Jesus, I'm dedicating my life to Him, and I'm using these things to draw close to Him. And, and I also want to point out, too, that just because you meditate, just because you fast, just because you pray, that doesn't mean that you're a Christian. It's the decision of following Jesus that, that we say, I belong to Christ, and therefore I can call myself a Christian. Make sense? So, so I just wanted to clarify that ahead of time, just, just to make sure that... Now, these things don't necessarily even make you a better Christian. and it, it's, it's a matter of just getting us in a place where we can draw near to Jesus. So hopefully that makes sense. Okay. In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus told the crowds, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and let me teach you, because I'm humble, humble, Ah, yeah, that's right. Well, I'll hear about it from her. I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Now, notice that Jesus said, let me teach you. What is the primary way that Jesus uses to teach us? His Word. Jesus teaches us through the Bible, through the Word of God. Now, in an article that appeared in the Huffington Post in 2013, it had this headline, Americans love the Bible, but don't read it much. The article cited a 2013 poll which found that 80% of participants considered the Bible to be a sacred book. The average American household owns 4.4 Bibles. Now, our household, if you've ever been to our house, we've got a Bible shelf. We've got a lot of Bibles. So I think we, we throw that, that out of whack. But the interesting thing is, is that Less than one quarter of those who were surveyed read it as much as four times per week. Now, that's not too bad. Four times per week, if you're in the Bible that much, you, you should have, have some knowledge and understanding of, of, of what God is saying to you. But over half in the survey read it four times or less per year. So it's important, but it's not important enough to read it. So it's hard for Jesus to teach us when we don't read what he said or what he did. 
And there's also been this, this I, I, I call it a conspiracy, and it, it's, it's probably fake news. But, um, but maybe you've seen this post on social media that people are taking verses out of the Bible, that these are, these are uh, publishers that are taking verses out of the Bible. Well, it's funny that the people get all that, that get so upset about it, if you ask them, they, they're probably falling that, that quarter that maybe, you know, they, they read it like maybe four or five times a week or the less than four times a year. So it, what does it matter if, if anything is being changed in the Bible if you're not going to read it? But the fact is, the, the publishers, they're not changing Scripture, and, I, and, and I, I really don't have time to go into it, but the King James, when it was written, used some sources that were questionable. And so the newer versions of Scripture are drawing from some older older sources that are actually a little bit more accurate. And in the footnotes, these, these ones that said that some manuscripts, it doesn't appear, whatever, if you read the footnotes, those verses are there. So the, this, this whole thing about people changing the Bible, this whole thing about people taking verses out of the Bible, there's really no truth to it. So I just want to just make sure I, I said that. But again, the, the, what, what does it matter if you're not reading the Bible anyway? Read the Bible, and then you can decide for yourself. So anyway, that was a little, yeah, the soapbox. All right, I want to talk to you today about study. Isn't that an exciting topic to talk about study? Now, what kind of mental image or experience comes to mind when you hear me say the word Study. Boring. Learning. Learning. Boring. Homework. Homework. Hard work. Hard work. Bad memories. Bad memories. <laughs> I, I, this, is, this is the kind of stuff, it's okay to say it. We're in church. We, we can be honest. Yeah. Study is not necessarily fun. And I got to say, as a pastor, study is not necessarily fun. And a lot of times when we think about study, it involves reading material and learning information that we really don't care about. I mean, who really gets excited about algebra or history? Oh, <laughs> Georgia does. Yeah. And, and, and Patty does. Yeah, you guys were teachers, right? So, so. So, so they, they love math. That, that's, that's okay. You, you can love math. But, you know, there's also other topics. I, I like history, but I've found that other people don't really like history very much. Or science. Or literature. Or, oh, yeah. You should see the hands that are popping up around the room. You know, that they, they're, they're showing their support. Well, and then there, there are others of us that the study that we, we involve ourselves in has to do with learning a trade or a skill. And so it's not necessarily something that we do because we enjoy it, but it, it's going to help us pay the bills. That's where IT came in for me. It was a necessity. It's like, hey, I'm good at this. I'll learn it. It's not easy, but, you know, I, I, I like getting the paycheck. So um, now... 
Study as one of the practices of spiritual formation is the intentional search for truth and meaning in Christian literature and tradition. I'll read that again. Study as one of the practices of spiritual formation is the intentional search for truth and meaning in Christian literature and tradition. Now, what kinds of things are you interested in in terms of learning from the Bible? Have you ever thought about it? What kinds of things in the Bible draws out your interest? For a lot of people, it's the stories. If you read in the Old Testament, there are all kinds of stories. And some of these stories, they, they sound almost ridiculous. You know, there's, there's accounts of giants. There's accounts of, of plagues. There's, there's all kinds of things that, that when we think about like what possibly happened, the, the fact that God made the ground open up at one point to swallow people up in it, you know, I mean, that, that's science fiction kind of stuff. And that's in the Bible. There's stories of miracles. There, there, you follow the story of Jesus, and you read about the kind of person that Jesus was. I mean, this is someone who actually lived. All of this is found in the Bible. And so... One of the ways that study becomes a kind of cool thing is whenever you use it to help you find out more about something that you're interested in. You know, not necessarily as a means to an end, but actually the end in itself. That this is, this is something I'd like to find out more about. The Apostle Paul wrote in, to the Philippians, Dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Now, if you call yourself a Christian, this passage is the key through which we interpret our world. The things that we focus on are the things that, that we become like. And so Paul says to fix our thoughts on these things. And what he means by that is to deliberately, purposefully think or ponder. To dwell on something. How many of you dwell on things? You think about it, and you think about it again. You turn it over, and you think about it some more. Then you flip it, and you think about it again. You know, you dwell on it. It's just in your head. And sometimes you can't even turn it off. Paul says, take time to consider such things. Now, why should we think about good things? 
Everybody's scared to answer. Well, the reason we should think about good things is what we think about affects our reality. Both good and bad. And we've heard the, the phrase, garbage in, garbage out. You know, it's, it's hard to turn something good out of something bad. When it comes in, that's usually what's going to come back out. And so in terms of how, what we think on, the things that we, we allow, to, you know, to enter our mind, the things that occupy our minds, that's going to be the stuff that we talk about. That's going to be the thing that, that, that comes up in conversation. It, we can't help it because it's, it's part of the luggage of our mind. Richard Foster wrote in his book, Celebration of Discipline, and this is the book that I've based this, this series on. The purpose of the spiritual disciplines is the total transformation of the person. They aim at replacing old, destructive habits of thought with new, life-giving habits. And nowhere is the, this purpose seen more clearly than in the discipline of study. So, what does foster mean by study? And this is just coming straight from the book. First of all, it's paying careful attention to a particular reality. And say that we're looking at Scripture, so we, we, we hear the term, the kingdom of God. So, we read Scripture with this idea, looking for where is the kingdom of God? Where does it appear in Scripture? Now, part of paying careful attention to this reality, it, it, we do it in order to move the mind in a particular direction. And in this case, we're moving toward God in a right relationship with God and a right relationship with others. And he goes on to say, directing the, the mind regularly and repeatedly towards right modes of thought about God and human relationships will affect how we live. Now, when we're talking about study, it's different from meditation. We talked about meditation a couple of weeks ago. Meditation on Scripture is more devotional. We look at it and we're, we're looking for a simple application from a passage for a particular time. How many of you in the morning, you read a, a verse of Scripture, this is, this is my thought for the day? That's, that's an, a, de, a devotion. What we're doing is something that, that will apply to our day. Well, study is more of an analytical exercise. Digging into the deep meaning, it involves investigating the context. You know, the, the background info, the, the stuff. Why did he do this? Well, that's because this was going on. So you, you don't see that whenever you just do a cursory read. You have to dig a little. And then there's a term that, and I, I actually love this word. This was, this was part of whenever I was going through Bible school. They taught us this word. It's called exegesis. It's a really important sounding word. And what that means is, is that you read something and you look at it when it was written, what did it mean then, and then try to find an application 
that you could bring to the here and now. And that's the process that we have to go through with everything that we read in Scripture. And when you think about the fact that it was written in a Jewish culture over 2,000 years ago, there's a lot of context that we need to take in consideration whenever we read and study Scripture. Okay? And then there are word studies that you can actually study what a word means, just like what we're looking at what Paul said about fix your thoughts. You know, what, what, did he, what do you mean there by that? And sometimes you can do that by looking at maybe different translations of Scripture. And then there's stuff that you can look up online that you can do a little bit more, you know, to dig in. And this is what we're talking about, study, digging in to that deeper meaning. And the goal at the end is to find an application for yourself in the end. And as I mentioned before, study often a study adventure often begins with an initial curiosity. One of the things that I've found interesting, and it's actually been this has kind of been living vicariously through Danelle. Danelle started started reading in the Old Testament, and she was reading through the Kings, and. Well, it was, it, was, it was because of Georgia, so we're all kind of feeding into each other. But one of the things that, that, that I found out, and this is, you know, and I, I've, I've been to Bible school, but you look at the Old Testament, and there's the, the books of First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, and then there's the First and Second Chronicles. This is the history of Israel. Well, then it moves on, and then there's, there's also uh, Nehemiah, and there's Ezra, these are all historical books. And then you go into the prophetic books. And these are the prophets who were speaking to the people of God. Well, if you look back in those historical books, you see those names of the prophets showing up in the text. And so you can read, like say, Isaiah. Where did Isaiah come into the story of Israel? Now, I'm fascinated with history, so it, it's... but. But you see the, the connection between each book of the Bible. And that's, not, that's something that you don't get just by a cursory read. Yeah. It comes from digging in. So I, I just want you to, to see that. And I'm trying to, trying to keep this at a high level because I'm also running out of time. So, um, okay. Real quickly, is, is this okay? Is this good? Okay. All right. I'm just, just making sure. All right. In the Celebration of Discipline... Foster outlines four steps that go into study. Number one is repetition. To read the passage slowly and read it again. And read it again. And read it again. And in this process, you might read it in a different translation. And that's one of the neat things about having, you know, the Bible app on your phone. You can read several translations over and over and over again. And there's also other resources online that allow you to read Scripture in, in other translations. But to read it again and again and again, and the idea being is that you allow it to get into your mind. It says as something to, to help those, those thought patterns. And then the second step is concentration. 
you start focusing on particular words, particular phrases, and you jot down your observations. If, if you've ever read Scripture and they repeat something, you know, that, that's not just because they, they're, they're, they wanted to be quoted on Monty Python, but they're repeating for emphasis. They want, when they say something again, when you hear them say something again, you need to pay attention because they're, they're saying it again to make sure you understand that this is important. So as part of concentration, focus on words and phrases. And then number three, to focus on comprehension. Ask yourself, what does this mean? And then, do I understand what it means? And then as you read it again, if you have a revelation, to write that down. Because the goal is not so much knowledge, it's understanding. We need to understand what God is trying to tell us through the passages of Scripture we read. All right, and finally, the, the last step is reflection. What's the significance of this truth? What is God saying in this passage? What are the implications? What does this mean for me? Okay? All right. Now, I'm going to throw this one in because this is something that I ran across. And I'm going to try to be quick. When we were under, under lockdown, and I've talked about this a little bit, I, I, I took part in an online cohort, and the goal was, was to start discipleship multiplication ministries. And all, this, all that means is, is just starting these small groups all over the place where we're bringing people in to, to these discipleship kind of relationships. And I, I actually practiced on Jaleel once, so... Uh, I, I knew that would get you to wake up. <laughs> he's, he's also got his shirt up around his ears. So I, 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 I'm comfortable, and I, and I see people holding like, like you're cold. And, and that's, I, I'm, I'm glad the AC works. So, um, But anyway, the, the, the Discovery Bible Method, where you, 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 might, you might find that the uh, the foster method is a little a little hard. This one is a little bit more palatable, a little bit easier. Um, and it involves doing a, a three-column study. You get you a sheet of paper, and then you draw two lines on it, and you have three columns. Everybody understand? At the top of the, the first column, you write, what does it say? So you write out the entire passage that you want to study, write it out word for word in column one. In column two... Right at the top, what does it mean? Write out the passage in your own words. What does it mean to you? And at this point, like between column one and column two, you may go and reference different translations just to see if, if it helps you understand it better. But again, the goal is, is to move from what it says to what it means. And then finally, at the top of the third column, write, what must I do to obey? This exercise rocked my world. What must I do to obey what I read, what I understand, and now what must I do about it? Write an I will statement. I will do this because I read that and then tell somebody about it. That's the discovery Bible method. 
So I'll share this with you if you're interested, and maybe we'll do a video this week and talk about it. But this is something I'm really, really, really excited about. So, um, but the goal for all this stuff is to read God's Word and to dig into it and find the, the treasure that's there waiting for us, okay? In the book of Hebrews, the writer said, the Word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Now, has anybody in here read a passage that treated you like that? Have you ever felt that cut like, oh? Have you ever felt exposed whenever you read a passage of Scripture? Like, oh no, that, that, that is me. The truth of this passage is that God's Word is alive. It speaks. You can read the same passage today and then go next week and it'll speak to you a different way again. And then you can read it a year from now and it'll speak to you again because it's God's Word. It's alive. It's a living thing. And it, it divides between soul and spirit just like the writer says. And it exposes our, our thoughts and our desires. So in, in saying that, God is always speaking. God is always speaking. He's always trying to get our attention. The question is, are we listening? Are we paying attention? So I want to challenge you today, as I close, to practice study this week. And what I want you to try to do, select a book. Uh, if you select a book, that's a lot of material. You might want to just select a passage, select a chapter, select a few verses that you just want to just focus on. On something that you would like to learn more about. Maybe it's something in the life of Jesus. Maybe it's something in the life of King David. I mean, any number of things. You can just look at it and, and just ask yourself, what, what have I always wanted to learn from the Bible? And start there. And then practice one of these methods. And again, I'll, I'll, I'll make that material available to you if you'd like to, like to use it. But along the way, be sure you write down your observations because I guarantee you, if you do it, there's going to be some stuff that you, you're going to want to remember. All right? Well, let's stand together. Holy Spirit, I invite you to come. Father, you want relationship with us. And you've gone out of your way to make sure that we have something in our hands that can give us life, that can introduce us to you and your kind of life.
And God, I ask as we, as we practice this week that you would speak to us, that you would move in us. Lord, that you would awaken things in us that we didn't even know were there. And draw us to you. God, we give you thanks in Jesus' name. And Holy Spirit, I ask you to come and meet the needs that are present in this room. For the person that's confused, for the person that's searching for answers, reveal yourself. Show yourself to be faithful. And true. For the person that their heart is heavy out of concern for people they love, out of concern for people, out of concern for their their own situation. God, draw near and bring them your peace. For the person that's hurting physically, bring your healing into this room. God, in Jesus' name. Touch the painful knees, the painful backs, the stiff shoulders and necks. Just reveal your love and your your desire for us, God. Lord, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your desire to draw near to us. And as we go today, Lord, may your presence go with us. May your hand be on us. Wherever we go, whatever we do, we belong to you. We are yours and you are ours. We give you praise and thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you'd like special prayer, we'll hang around here at the front. If, if you need, like someone to pray with you, 
Some of you probably need to go thaw out in the, in the foyer. Thank you all for being here today, and, and may the Lord bless you as you go.